Welcome to Inspire Church's podcast. We're excited you're listening. Our hope is to inspire you to grow in God's Word, to grow more in love with Christ, and to go be a light wherever you are. To find more teachings or donate to the ministry, visit us at inspirechurches.com. Good morning, Inspire Church family and friends and all of those uh, who are tuning in. Before we jump in today's message, I got to just do two things. Number one is I got to wish my beautiful, amazing wife, Jamila Mosimuela, a happy birthday. Happy birthday, babe. You're probably sitting on the couch right next to me watching this. I love you so much. I honor you today. Uh, you are gracious. You are strong. Uh, you're one of the most weighty voices in my life. I, I thank God for you. Uh, you're a gift to me. In fact, many times, if not most of the times, the Holy Spirit uses your voice to bring direction into my life. And, and you're a sanctifying factor in my life. And uh, I just know that you are, heaven said, you're a gift of God to me. And I honor you today. You're an amazing mama. You're an amazing daughter. You're an amazing wife. You're an amazing friend. You're just an amazing person. And I love you so much. And so I just dedicate this entire day to you. And I just pray uh, many, many, many more blessings together. We celebrate many more years together. I love you so much. Number two, uh, we are now in week four of our Inside Out Sermon Series. If you're just joining us, you need to go back. You need to check things out. In fact, last week, brokenness and vulnerability, Pastor Roger spoke and then Marcus and Sonia, y'all just were so honest and so real. You modeled what it's like uh, uh, to live in the righteousness of Christ. I'm so proud of you guys. Catherine Castorance, man, I was blown away by your honesty. So hard for leaders to be vulnerable and yet you kept it real. If you didn't watch that, you need to go back on our YouTube page. You need to make sure you check that out. It's worth watching again. This series has been amazing. And so here we are today. You probably notice our surroundings. We do something different almost every week. And I am coming to you right now. Uh, I'm here in Emeryville, California, and we are filming at the Sobe Kick Gym. Uh, and you can follow them on Instagram if you're a fitness guru, or if you're just interested in following them. In fact, we'll have their handle for you on the screen. And Sobe Kick Gym is managed by none other than one of Inspire's very own. Shout out to Melanie Gentry. Paul Gentry, the entire family. I love you guys. They attend Inspire. Uh, if you're not following Melanie Gentry, uh, you need to follow her. This girl is a guru, boxing. Uh, uh, she's just an athlete. If you've ever seen her uh, roller skate, <laughs> is incredible. And she's a personal trainer. And so um, we also have her handle up. If you're just interested in getting in shape, this is the person to do it. And so I'm just incredibly thankful for you guys. I'm incredibly thankful that we can come to you from this gym and bring the word to you today. Now, a couple of months ago, I turned 39 years old. And if there's one reoccurring message that I have been learning throughout my 30s, uh, it's this. Uh, my body just can't do what it used to do. And I've been learning that lesson uh, the hard way, right? And it's so funny is because earlier this year, some of my friends, some of my homeboys from Inspired Church, we decided to get into a basketball rec league. In fact, prior to the lockdown, we played a couple of different games in the league. And let me just tell you something. 
I got exposed on the court. I couldn't play defense. I was exposed playing defense. I couldn't move my feet. I feel like I had lead in my feet. In my mind, I knew I could move my feet, but I actually couldn't move my feet. I remember guard, this one game, I was guarding this particular individual, and, and I was thinking, man, I guard guys twice as good as this guy. And the dude was blowing past me every time. I was so frustrated. And I got exposed playing offense. It, it's so crazy. Like if you've played offense, you play basketball, I make one offensive move and I lose my breath and I literally have to take a break for like three series. Like, so what I, what I tell people is like, hey, you're not going to get a lot of offense from me. I'm just going to stand still and play defense. Um, and it's so crazy. One of the craziest lessons I learned on the basketball court is that my spin move is not as fast as I thought it was. I, I was playing in the rec league and I'm driving to the rack, right? And I'm going, I, I make my typical spin move. And of course, in my mind, that spin move is as fast as it was when I was in my 20s. But for some reason, even though I think I'm going fast in my mind, I'm realizing like this is like slow motion. I feel like an old man trying to spin. And I just realized, man, my body can't do what it used to do. I wasn't just exposed on the court. I was exposed in my own living room. So I got this great idea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do some fitness during this quarantine, right? Who hasn't thought about that, right? So I downloaded the Adidas Fitness app. Those apps are amazing, right? Like they, they hook you up with diets. There's videos right there. There's, uh, you could record what you ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. There's calorie count. Like there's so many things. And so you can even find like a fitness routine that like fits your lifestyle. And so I found this perfect routine 25 minutes, uh, burpees, lunges, right, squats, right? What was so cool about it is you got videos of people doing it with you. You got a countdown, you got a timer, you got a 60 second rest, you can beam it to your TV. So I woke up, I was so excited. I set it up on my TV. My son's with me trying to do squats and sit-ups. And so I set the timer and I began to work out in my room, in my living room. And I was just so excited. <laughs> I'm like five minutes in, I'm starting to get cold sweats and all of a sudden you get the 60 second break and so I'm okay I'm getting this break in and then I jump back in again and I kid you not I am seven minutes into like a 25 minute workout and I feel my hamstring yelling at me telling me dude don't you dip because if you dip one more time, I am going to collapse. I'm like super shaky, I'm red, I'm, I, got, I got cold sweats, and I realize that if I dip one more time, I'm literally gonna fall over on the floor. Needless to say, that 25 minute fitness turned into a 10 minute failure in my life. And again, I'm realizing that my body just can't do what it used to do. And, and, and it came to me. I don't know my limits. Like, I still think I'm 20 years old, but I'm not, right? And, and because I don't know my limits, I can't honor my limits. And, and, and as a result, my body pays the price. And, and listen, until I become aware of my limits and surrender to those limits in my workout routine, I'm going to continually hurt myself and ultimately get super discouraged and walk away from the very thing that I wanted to do. And, and to be honest, and I'm sure there's some of you out there that feel like me, you know, I'm not in my 20s anymore. Uh, my 30s are literally almost done. I'm 39. Like it's basically in my rearview mirror. And as difficult as it is really to come to terms with that, there is a blessing in embracing our limits. 
And so that's what I want to talk to you about today. We're going to talk about principle number four in emotionally healthy church. And that principle is this. Receive the grace of limits. I'm going to say that again. Receive the grace of limits. And here's how I want to break down today's message. Actually, going to be three steps to receiving, receiving the gift of limits. Step number one is all about perception, right? Before you can receive, uh, before you can receive a limit, you have to be able to see it as a gift, right? And so, step number one is seeing limits as a gift from God. Step number two is all about awareness. Once I see limits as gifts from God, then step number two is about discerning, well, what are those limits God has given to me? And finally, after you see gifts as limits and after you discern those specific limits given to you, step number three is revelation. You then surrender to those limits. Now watch this. And in surrendering to those limits, God's will is revealed. You discover the will of God. Let me say this. Pete Scazzaro puts it like this. Maturity in life is when someone is living joyfully in their God-given limits. Man, what a challenge. So before we get into this, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us as we move through this journey. Father, I just thank you. I thank you because in Christ, we have the power to be transformed. In Christ, we have the power to change, to shift, to embrace our limits as gifts. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would help all of us as we listen through this, translate this to each of our lives. I pray that we would be inspired, we would be transformed in the power of the Holy Spirit, And we continually walk our sanctification out for your honor and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, here's what I want to do. Before we actually get into the steps, I just want to give you a biblical framework, right? A a simple theology of limits so that you can kind of see the big picture of limits in Scripture. And so you can understand how to embrace limits as gifts from God. And so what I want to do is I want to remind you, I want to take you to the very beginning. In the beginning, the first Adam was given a limit by God, right? Do you remember Adam and Eve are in the garden and the Lord says, look, you can eat of any tree here. There are plenty of trees. You can have any tree you want, but he gives Adam, the first Adam, a limit. He tells him, but you cannot eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, And Adam and Eve, right, because they did not trust the limits that God had placed in their lives. Let me put it this way. Because they they did not trust the God of the limits, uh, they violated that limit. They believed that they knew what was good, what was right, and what was best for their life. And as a result, they violated a limit that God had placed in their life. And the consequence was that everything in them and around them suffered. And as we fast forward through scripture, we see that God puts on flesh in Jesus Christ. And Paul calls Jesus the last Adam because he undoes everything that the first Adam did. And so we see Jesus, the last Adam, 
Where Adam, the first Adam, failed to submit to the limits of God, we see the last Adam willfully submitting to the Father's limits over his life. Now, let me just stop there. Some of you might be saying Jesus was the Son of God. Uh, uh, Is that heresy to say that Jesus was limited? Like, what do I mean when I say that Jesus was limited? No, Jesus was limited. We're told in John chapter 1 that the God of the universe, Jesus Christ, came down and he put on flesh. I mean, talk about a limitation. Jesus, who was omnipotent, who was omnipresent, who was everywhere, put on flesh and dwelt among us. He was limited to a time and a space. But that's not it. We're told in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus emptied himself. Uh, We're told that that Jesus took on the form of a servant. The God of the universe becomes a lowly servant. We're told that Jesus was obedient even to the point of death on a cross. Talk about an ultimate limiter. Jesus uh, 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 has come down and put on flesh and was obedient to the point of death. If you go to Matthew 16, Jesus predicts his death. He tells his disciples that he must suffer and die. And if you remember that story, one of his disciples, Peter, looks at him and basically says, absolutely not. Like, this is not the Lord's will for your life, Jesus, right? Can you imagine, like, Peter's looking at Jesus, the God of the universe, and telling him, no, you're absolutely wrong. This is not the way. You will not die. Don't ever say that again. And Jesus looks at him and tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. Why did Jesus say that? Well, because Peter was thinking in the flesh. He he was thinking uh, 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 the way men think. Uh, But but Jesus was not moving the way men move, but he was moving according to his father's will. You see, Jesus was submitting uh, to the father's will by embracing the limitation of suffering and death in order that God's power would be demonstrated. And, And the way that God does things, in the way that man does things is so different and and God does things upside down and foreign to what you and I know. He demonstrates power in weakness. He demonstrates life in death. And so Peter rebukes Jesus, but then Jesus rebukes Peter because Peter is thinking in the flesh. And Jesus understands the power of embracing limitations. I love what the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 through 10. Jesus, the Lord Jesus tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in limits. My power is made perfect in frailty. My power is made perfect in weakness. Now listen how Paul responds to that revelation. Paul then says, therefore I, Paul, will boast, right? I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, listen to what Paul says, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. And this is powerful. For when I am weak, when I'm limited, when I'm fragile, then I am strong. Wow. That is so mind blowing. And this brings us to our first step. 
It's about a change of perspective. You see, the moment you received Christ into your life and became a Christian, you began to learn to see that my limits, are you ready, are gifts from God. In fact, Pete Scazzaro calls them God's grace in disguise, right? <laughs> right? Weakness, uh, 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 frailty, limits, those are disguises. Like we don't want those things, but they're actually the gifts of God coming to us in disguise. I, I like to say it like this, in light of what Paul says, our limits are invitations to rest in God's power and not in our own, right? Our limitations are invitations to rest in the power of God and not in our own strength. And as beautiful as that sounds, right, that sounds so poetic, it feels impossible to do. Why? Because it's, it's counterintuitive, right? It, it, it's countercultural. I wonder how many of us, listen, I wonder how many of you were told in life, hey, you can do whatever you want to do as long as you put your mind to it, right? Like, I wonder how many of you were told that as a kid, or I wonder how many of you tell your kids that, right? You know what? You could do whatever you want, right? Just put your mind to it, right? You, you could be a, a little, little P3. You could be a sur- brain surgeon. You could be a rocket scientist, right? You, you could be the president of the United States, although I'm not quite sure anybody wants to be that anymore. But we tell kids, right? If you put your mind to it, you can do it, right? You could be a, a professional ball player. Just put your mind to it, right? You could be a musician. Just put your mind. You could be a great artist, right? An athlete. Just put your mind to it. But you know what? You want to know the truth? We are humans, which means we are limited. We can't be or do what we want. We're not in control. God is in control. God has designed us. God has equipped us. God has given us gifts, talents, and abilities. And many times our gifts, talents, and abilities uh, point us in a different direction than we actually wish or want to go. We are not in control. I'm going to be honest with you. You know what I want for my son? My son's watching. P3, you know what I want for you more than anything else? I want for my son more than anything else. I don't want him to accomplish his dreams. I don't even want him to accomplish the dreams I have for him. More than that, I want him to be in the will of God. I want him to be in the will of God. Pete Scazzaro says this, and I I really enjoy this. He says, emotionally healthy people understand the limits God has given them. They joyfully receive the one, two, seven, or ten talents God has graciously distributed. As a result, they are not frenzied and covetous, trying to live a life God never intended. They are marked by contentment and joy. Now, here's what I want to do. And if you're at home, I'd love for you to take some notes, maybe open up your phone, Uh, maybe write this down in some paper somewhere, maybe go back and pause the video, play this later. I I, want to get really practical in in many different ways. Um, But I think we really need to challenge ourselves to start seeing limits as doors, which is really crazy, right? Because when we think about a limitation, we think of it as as a closed door, not an open door, right? 
But let me just give to you four doors that limits open to us. Number one, limitation is a door to humility, right? God allows weakness. He allows limitations in our life to keep us from arrogance and pride. You see, when you're an arrogant or haughty person, you fly high. But what is humility? Humilitas. What does that mean? It means to be of the ground, in the ground. Humility keeps you grounded. Your limitations are working humility in your life, but they're not just doors to humility. Number two, they're doors to communion with Jesus. Limits produce a depth of intimacy with Jesus that would be inaccessible any other way. There's nothing like being limited and meeting Jesus in that limitation and fellowshipping with him in your suffering in a way that you could never fellowship with him any other way. Number three, limits are doors to a revelation of Jesus. I want to say this, uh, limits can teach you more about Jesus, his person and his character than a theology book, than a podcast or one of your favorite sermons from one of your favorite pastors. Uh, There is nothing like being in a time of weakness and limit where you get to experience the person of Christ in a way that a book and a preacher could never do. Finally, number four, limits, ready for this, are doors to mission. What do I mean by that? You see, it's our limits. Think about it. It's our weaknesses. Uh, Out of our limits, out of our weaknesses, compassion compels us to move. Compassion compels us to love others. And it's from our limitations where burdens are birthed. and, And from the birthing of burdens, we are compelled to move and minister and serve others. Limitations are doors, doors to humility, Doors to communion, doors to revelation, doors to mission. Peter Scazzaro challenges us to see limits like a fenced-in yard that protects young children. They are the hands of a friend keeping us grounded so that we don't hurt ourselves, others, or God's work. So the question now becomes, what are your limits? Right? Once we begin to see limits as gifts, then it's time to discern what are the limits God has given you. I want you to think about that. If you're watching right now, just take a moment, ask yourself, what are my limits? Think of those things. And let me me try to help you write these things down. I want you to think about those things in your life right now that are really hard. What are the hard things in your life? Here's another way. What are those frustrating things in your life? What are those things that are causing you hardship and pain? What are those things that are causing, that you might be resentful about? Like begin to write those down. Like those are limits. And again, I'm gonna get real practical for y'all. I wanna, I'm gonna give you a list. So as you're sitting there, again, if you can go back, rewind this, if you can pause right now and write all these down, I would love for you to think about these things and pray about these things throughout the week. But how do I discern my limits? So here's really important. Your limit is not my limit, right? We all have different limits. We don't have the same. 
And so there has to be a process of discerning what are your limits. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a list of limits. I want you to kind of find yourself in these areas. And hopefully it'll begin to stir up a bigger dialogue in your life. Here we go. What are your limits? Number one, your current season in life is a limit. What do I mean by that? Where are you financially right now, right? Do you have a little or do you have a lot? That's a limit. Uh, Are you raising children? Are you caring for an aging parent? That's a limit. Are you going to school? Are you starting a new career or looking to change? That's a limit. Uh, uh, your, Your relational status, can I get an amen, is a limit. What do I mean by that? Are you single, right? Your singleness is a limit. Uh, You could be lonely. You could be frustrated. You could be tired of waiting. Your singleness is a limit. But let me just tell you, are you married? (laughs) And don't say amen if you're sitting next to your husband or your wife. Your marriage can be a limit. Marriage is limit. In fact, I know some singles out there that are looking at couples and saying to themselves, I wish. And I know some married couples that are looking at singles and saying, I wish. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, look, I prefer everyone to be single. You get more done for the kingdom if you're single. But your relational status is a list, a limit. How about this? Your personality is a limit. Are you introverted? Do you find energy in being by yourself? Or are you extroverted? Do you love to be with people? Are you spontaneous and creative? Or are you controlled and orderly? Your your personality is a limit. Your current life stage is a limit. Your age is limiting. Your body is limiting. Look, every decade has its limits, right? If you're a teenager, you're limited. If you're in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 60s, your 80s, your 90s, every decade comes with a limitation. How about this? Your past is a limit. Were you in prison? Do you have a record that keeps following you everywhere you go? Do you carry scars and wounds from abuse, from your family of origin? Or maybe you're coming out of addiction and entering into recovery. Your past is a limit. Your emotions are limits. Maybe you're fragile emotionally. Maybe you deal with anxiety. Uh, Maybe you deal with isolation. Maybe you're prone to anger. Maybe you're prone to depression, right? You know you have some of these tendencies. And so in your limits, you realize that you have to, unlike other people, manage yourself in certain situations and circumstances, right? This is a limit. There are so many more limits in life. Maybe you don't speak good English. That's a limit. Uh, Maybe you migrated here from another country. That's a limit. Maybe you're not as gifted, talented, or intellectual as you'd like to be. That's a limit. Time is a limit. Peter Scazzaro says this. Our egos tend to be so inflated that we act as if we are God. Often we have larger fantasies and wishes for ourselves than our real lives can support. As a result, we work frantically trying to do more than God intended. Is that you right now? Are you not embracing your limits? 
Are you wishing you were unlimited? Are you burning out thinking that you can do more than you were actually created to do? Are you frustrated and angry because your entire life you've been wanting to be this, but God did not gift you to be that? We get stressed out, right? And when we get stressed out, we start to burn out. We hurt ourselves. We hurt everyone around us like Adam and Eve. Like we're not submitting to those God-given boundaries and limits and everything and everyone is paying for it around us. Right. And oftentimes we blame others. We blame organizations. We blame our bosses. We blame leaders. We blame the church. How about this? We even get mad at God and hold him accountable because we took on more than he even asked us to do. You know, as a pastor, I see this in myself and I see this in church leaders a lot and people that are serving in the church. We work so hard, we work tirelessly, we burn out. And the reality is, is because we don't know how to say no. We say yes too much for the sake of ministry. And then we ultimately get hurt, get wounded, and get frustrated. And I just want to pause real quick. Can I say there's some people that have truly been hurt, you've truly been used, you've truly been overworked, you've been manipulated, but it, now is the time to be able to understand your limits, to be able to break free of those things that have held you down and to be able to say yes to what God has told you to say yes to and not be able to afraid, afraid to say no to what he's told you no to. I, I really love this. I think I might have heard this from Peter Scazzaro as well. But next time you're busy and somebody wants you to do something, don't tell them you're busy. Tell them I'm limited. <laughs> I can't come out today because I'm limited. We can only do so much. Finally, the final step, we go from perception, seeing limits as gifts. Number two, we go to awareness, discerning, like what are the specific limits God has given in my life? And the final step is revelation, right? Once we've discerned what are your limits, once you've discovered what are your limits in your life, now it's time to submit to those limits and discover God's will in those limitations. You know, um, I'm going to share a story about Inspired Church. Nine months ago, <laughs> we shut down the church and we had no clue that this was going to last nine months and beyond. In fact, you know, at first we just thought maybe this will be a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks went by. We thought, oh, okay, maybe on Easter, Easter went by. Okay, definitely not into the summer. Summer came. And I remember in the beginning, uh, it, it was difficult, right? It was difficult to come to terms with shutting down. Never in my life would I imagine that we would shut the church down. And we were constantly, like every week, hoping to open, frantically preparing, right? We were ordering all of the emergency supplies that you needed. You know, we had the temperature checkers and we have, you know, all the things to wipe down the seats and all these sanitizing stations. And we were going to open up this week and then we had to push it back another week. Every week, just frantically, when are we going to get back to meeting? But this was really key. It wasn't until I got a revelation of our limitations that I started to settle down and actually find peace. You see, 
as much as we wanted to frantically get back together and as much as we were wondering when is it going to happen, when is it going to happen, there was finally a moment where I said, you know what? We are going to stop living in our frantic and we are going to start accepting our limitations. What were our limitations? We were limited by the state. We were limited by Alameda County. We were limited because we are a mobile church. What does that mean? We don't have a building. We depend on Crown Plaza. Like even if we wanted to buck the system and meet, we couldn't if we wanted to. We don't have a building. And I want you to know this. The minute I began to accept those limits, right, the moment I accepted our limitations, that very moment was the moment that I actually began to see God more clearly, like the frantic hurry and rush kind of faded away. And I began to settle in and accept these limits and say, you know what? These limits are gifts from the Lord from in, for inspired church. And, and literally, watch, literally, the week we stopped trying to become something we couldn't be, we began to get a vision for what God wanted us to do next. I want you to get that. Trust me, I was tempted to look around and compare like other churches are meeting, like this is what other pastors are doing, right? But, but I, uh, but in doing that, I would have missed what God was uniquely calling Inspire Church to do. Remember, we don't have a building. There are circumstances and situations and weaknesses that we have that others didn't. And I'm not just saying this to get your applause or to get your sympathy. I'm saying this is that we started to understand this is our limits and God is calling us to embrace them. Now, add to all of this my iceberg. <laughs> add to this my negative script, my insecurities. Uh, I, I could see myself burning out, getting upset with God, trying to be something and do something that he wasn't calling us to be and do. But listen, when we stopped trying to hold on to something God never intended us to hold, when we surrendered ourselves to our limits, we found ourselves discovering the will of God. God was trying to teach us to be a church without walls. And if we were holding on to this idea of coming back to church, we would never realize what God was trying to say. And so our perceived limitations ceased to become barriers and started to become blessings. What do I mean by that? You see, limitations turn into doors of opportunity, right? Limitations become birthplace for even greater creativity. When you're limited, you're forced to think outside of the building, outside of the box. And, and this sermon series, Emotionally Healthy Church, our book clubs, this situation that we're going through, like I'm being radically transformed by this book. God is doing something in me. God is doing something in my family with my wife. God is doing something in my leadership. God is doing something in the church. Like had we not accepted our limits, we would have never experienced the blessing of what God wants to do and inspire right now in this moment. Limitations became a blessing in our lives. I stopped trying to be something somebody else was and accepted who God had called us to be. And in that moment, I began to see things more clearly. I want you to think about it and then we're going to pray. We would have missed all of the blessings and all of the transformational work of the Spirit taking place right now had we not embraced our limits as gifts from God.
had we sat there and complained, when can we open? Why can't we open? Let me ask you this question. What could you be missing out on by not embracing your limits? What clarity do you not have? What resentment do you live in? What frustration? How are you comparing yourself to others? How are you competing with others? When in reality, God says, look, I have an answer. I have clarity. And I have joy. If you would simply stop ignoring your limits, stop trying to break through your limits and begin to embrace them as my gifts to you. Wow, what a challenge today. Let's pray as we learn to do such a difficult thing as we continue on this beautiful journey the Holy Spirit has us on. Heavenly Father, thank you for our limits. I pray for everyone watching I pray that they would be able to go back. They would be able to take note of their limits, their season in life, their personality, their stage in life, their past, their scars, their fears. Lord, all of these are limits, God. But these are limits not to be ignored or denied, but limits to be embraced as gifts, doors of humility, doors of communion, doors of revelation, doors of mission. I wonder just how much we are missing out by denying, ignoring, or pushing down our limits instead of embracing them as gifts from you. I pray if there's anyone watching that's tired, anybody watching that's angry, that's frustrated, I pray that they would slow down, that they would be honest and vulnerable, and that they would begin to look at their limits and receive them as gifts and blessings. So Jesus, we love you because you modeled the ultimate limitation. You put on flesh. You walked this earth in a body. You experienced pain. You are our great high priest. You were tempted like we were tempted, yet you did not sin. You were obedient. You took on the form of a servant. You were nailed to the cross by the very creation you created. You modeled what it means to embrace and trust the Father's will and in that power of salvation for all those who would believe and trust in you. And so, Lord, we are human, we are frail, but we follow your lead and we submit to you in the power of the Holy Spirit. We give you all honor and all glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Inspire Church, I love you guys. Let's have an amazing week of book clubs. I'll see you soon. Happy birthday, baby. I love you. God bless. Thank you for joining us for this week's Inspire Churches podcast. Don't forget to share or subscribe to join us every Sunday. You can keep up with Inspire Churches through Instagram at Inspire Churches or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Inspire Churches. To support the ministry, you can click on the link in the description or visit us at inspirechurches.com for more information.